We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This is the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Welcome to Nightlight, our home movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight alongside me. We got Freddy. Always keeping that spoopy. Always and forever. Also known as Nighty Night. We are a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down, discuss the ultimate question. Why horror? So with the lights, sit back and let the darkness envelop you. If you like that one, extra horror-related content, head over to patreon.com slash nightlightpod. That's night with a what? K. Now, keeping things going for what the fuck are we watching, bud? What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) But before I even get to that, I need to just shout us out. Because we're technically <laughs> recording, we're recording this on our four-year anniversary. Wow! Holy shit! Freddie and I have been married for four years. Yes. And- <laughs> but no, seriously, it's insane that this show has been running for this long. <laughs> like to be honest, it's crazy. It's been four years already. That's yeah. Wow. Time four flies. Years. Time flies indeed. Like I, it feels like yesterday. When yeah, we still, made this show. I don't know why. It always feels refreshing and new every time I come in. It does. And I don't know if it's the, the themes. I don't know if it's the, the community. I don't know what it is. But all all in all, it feels great to be doing this for four plus years. And yeah. I feel really, really excited about that. I know we haven't really done like a special episode for like any of these yearly milestones. Mainly because our episodes have been very weird with like so many different well, things. We have yeah. reviews. We've had... Uh, interviews we've had all these different things that just kind of popped into our show it's just timing we've had pandemic we've had exactly. strikes going so we had so many random really had like events. a proper i guess celebration for our yearly anniversaries but we do plan on doing one next year um it is going to be kind of early but i can't say much right now yeah, but, we're just celebrating the well, podcast. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll celebrate the podcast, but I'll I'll drop a little hint. It will be live in San Francisco. Yes. So that early will be year. happening early next year, early next year. But there'll be stuff happening. I can't say much right now because we're still kind of like mapping out the plans and whatnot and still talking to people, still trying to get other people on board and whatnot. So. But obviously, we're trying to make this pretty fucking big. We already yeah. got we already got the green light from we, where we yeah. want to do it. <laughs> we have the location. We just need the got the location touches. Got everybody it. involved except for a few other people to make it actual possible. So whew, that's all I can say right now. More in the works coming soon. But we wanted to kind of get the the feelers out now, just in case if people wanted to start planning trips to San Francisco uh, and. The early, I would say, like late winter, early springish is kind of around the time frame that we're kind of yeah, kind of kind of yeah, <laughs> moving forward. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> so bring a jacket, <laughs> bring bring a jacket. Indeed. It'll still be cold, but 
Yeah, hopefully that can all kind of happen and we could see everybody there. That would be really fantastic to have like fans of the show there and all that stuff. So that'd be cool. But shouting out our fans now. Special shout out to our patrons over on patreon.com slash nightlife. Okay. Okay. Alyssa, <laughs> Allison, Stormy Knight, also known as our community manager, who will actually technically be a guest on the show next <gasps> week. Woo! Woo! Joel, James, Kate, Kayla, Philip, also known as Forest Knight. <laughs> I feel like I need to start making different like noises for noises. People. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that is. Oh, wrong, wrong. I don't know. I hate what I just did, but okay, continue. Oh, oh God. Zachary, <laughs> Nashia, Frank, Kristen, Lizzie, Vaughn, Johnny, Layla, Eric, Kelly, Daniel, C, also known as T with Knight, who is also our marketing manager, David, also known as Knightly, Carrie, Brandon, Anna, Drew, also known as the Silent Knight, Patrick, uh, Willow, Jessica, Chantal, Rio, Jesse, Joe, Kaylee, Rob, and last but certainly not least, Freddie. Thank you all so much for making this possible, for allowing us to do this for four years. Wowzers. Wow. Wowzers indeed. But truly amazing. Thank you all so much for supporting the show. And I know a lot of you have been supporting the show for quite some time now. So very much appreciative of that. Just beyond over the moon of it all. So thank you all so much for choosing to support us financially and to also just kind of be there for us as well. So seeing you all in the Discord has been really cool and really amazing. So if you aren't in the Discord, by all means, go ahead and join it. It's not just for patrons. So if you are just listening in and you want to join in on the conversations and just be with a community of people uh, with just kind of like-minded I- ideas and whatnot. Best people in the world. Chat with us. Yeah, just just chat with us. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun indeed. But um, yeah, shout out to all of you. Also, uh, I've been getting some messages from some folks uh, who have been... Um, becoming members of our Patreon. However, you have not gotten a shout out yet. Just a little quick like reminder of how the shout outs work. You either have to be at the torch tier or lantern tier in order to get a shout out. And also, um, for some reason, you don't appear on our list if you sign up for a trial right away. So after your trial is done, then you'll appear on our list and you'll be shouted out on that following episode. So that's just a quick little heads up of how that kind of works um, for those folks who did message me. So sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but the film that we are covering for, what the fuck are we watching? Mike? What the fuck? Man? Is a film I'm insanely excited to talk about, which I've been having on my radar for quite some time. I've have seen this movie actually a couple times, but I have it on my radar for this show for quite some time. Just didn't know where to place it. But I perfect. thought this was the perfect month for it. <laughs> Baskin. Oh, my God. Not Baskin Robbins. Not 31 Flavors no. over here. There's many flavors on this one, though. <laughs> there sure is. <laughs> First and foremost, Freddie, thoughts? I really enjoyed this movie. I think this movie is very different from any other movie that I've seen recently, too, which is great because we always love to see that unique touch. Um, it plays on a lot of good tropes, but it does it so original though like this movie starts as like i felt like very paranormal at first because i'm yeah. trying to get because i'm trying to go in as wide as possible i don't know what the movie is about when i press play um 
gave me paranormal vibes. It gave me spooky, ghostly vibes. I'm like, oh, is he haunted from his past? Oh, does this have to do with something with a friend? Is he a psychic? Is he a medium? Does mm. he have special abilities? Uh, There's a lot of stuff that was going into my head. Uh, especially the opening scene, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm you know I'm just gonna watch this movie at home." And I heard a lot of like weird noises in the beginning of this movie. I'm like, "Well, gonna lower the volume down so my uh, housemates don't hear what the hell's going on right now." Um, <laughs> yeah, the start of the film. But this intense. movie, once it starts going, and it's literally at the, like the halfway point of this movie, around 55 minutes in, um, we get a whole <laughs> completely different movie. Oh yeah. Um, and that's where I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What yeah, the at fuck? first you're probably watching this and you're just like, why is this on the list? Yeah, it's but. like, oh, I mean, I get it. It's like, it's kind of weird. Like, what the sure. fuck's happening? Um, and then it happens. And then it happens. <laughs> and it keeps happening. Yeah. And then you dive deeper into it. I got a lot of vibes from this movie where it reminded me of so many different elements of horror. Yeah. And it's all of the best elements. It gave me Resident Evil vibes for some reason. Maybe it's the group of cops going into a mansion. Sure. sure. Yeah, yeah. They see a bunch of weird shit. Um, this also just gave me like Silent Hill vibes a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can I can see the guy like with his barbed wire. Yeah. Legs. It gave yeah. me Hellraiser vibes. Yeah. Um, Hellraiser is probably definitely the one that a lot of people may compare this to. Right. Right. Reminds Very me a lot of similarities. Jacob's Ladder too. Jacob's Ladder. Um, it there's so much stuff. As above, so below vibes. Oh, yeah. Like, sure. there's so many Maybe different types of elements. Too. The descent, all yeah. of it. Like, they did such a great job of making me remind myself of all of these great horror films, but that's all in this one horror film. Yeah. So, and no, it's not a it's, long it's movie. Great. No, like the, like, the way you even explain it makes it seem like this movie is at least two hours long. This movie is an hour and a half. Yeah, like, <laughs> hour 35. Yeah, this movie's not long. Very quick, very easily paced, uh, but there's so much content in it. So much happening. And I love that the first half gives us all of the the building blocks of the character development, knowing who our yeah, protagonist you, you is, definitely who these characters who are. Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, these are not the greatest people. Right. And obviously, what happens with that that one kid who like talked back to him, it's like, that's kind of fucked up too. Um but then just seeing the, the rabbit hole they go down into and it's just like, oh, it's chaos. And it is perfect for this month of like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> um, it's spooky. It's great. It's grimy. It's gross. It's bloody. It's gooey. There's so much wetness in this There's movie. There's a lot of wet noise. I was like, oh, God. Movie. A lot of sloshing. Yeah, noises. a lot of squelching. Hey. Yeah, a lot of squelching, a lot of slosh. Um, there's a lot. <laughs> there's, a love, there's a lot to love about this movie for sure. There is. Um, I'm yeah. so glad you liked it so much. Yeah, I'm cool. so glad you liked it so much because I know a lot of people haven't heard of this movie, and, and I didn't. It's yeah. which is understandable, right? Like I feel like you really, really, really got to be in a horror, and not just like regular horror. Like you got to be really—I wouldn't even say seasoned, just one to clean. You know, move your palate around a little bit. Right. Like this is a Turkish horror film. This is first and foremost the only Turkish horror film I've ever seen. I don't think I've ever really I seen would probably another agree one. that statement for me too. Yeah. yeah, so like it makes me want to explore more of what Turkey has to offer. Right. When yeah, it yeah. comes to horror. It's so good. It, this is okay. so good. So I do want to point out too as a filmmaking standpoint. It is beautiful. This is a gorgeous film to look at. Oh my god. All the shots, the lighting, the sequences, the they, editing, all of it is fucking on point in this pe- movie. Like whoever shoots things at night 
and in the dark and things like that need to 100% take notes from Can um, Evrenal, I think is how you pronounce his name, but they need to take fit, like fucking notes from him because yeah, great. he shot this Dude, entire even, uh, movie at night. Except the whole for one stairwell scene. scene too? Oh to show how God. dark it gets and the flashlights. I was like, this is a fucking great to look at. This, this is, is like just, incredible. It's so good. And that's what makes it so immersive and that's what makes it so scary and yeah. awesome too. But yeah. I uh, saw this movie for the first time, yeah. I want to say, in last year, I think. Um, so fairly recently for me. And mainly because I heard someone compare it to Hellraiser. And I was like, oh, cool. I've never heard of this before. Pop like, it I in. Mean, I like Hellraiser, yeah. And I was like, all right, cool. You know, And for me in the beginning, I was like, okay, like, you know, a little slow to start for me personally. Um, and then like the shit happened. I was like, oh fuck, I need to watch this again. Cause I think I need to really, really pay attention to what's right. going on. Watched it again. Didn't pay attention as much as I wanted to, because I was still like, I've seen it before. So it wasn't right. like really allowing me to pay attention. But when I watched it this time, then I really got to pay attention and really see and understand some of these themes that are being fed to us. Yeah. Um, cause I told you before we started that I have. A theory. A theory. By, yeah. the way, by the way, everybody, I love this fucking movie. Uh, but like, <laughs> I, um, but the theory I have is that I don't think he ever went through all of that. Went through any any of this. I think it's funny you say that because right when I pressed play again, and I saw the beginning. I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of elements. There's a lot of elements in his room that signify the things that he's. The whole story is kind of like laid out in the way. Right. Yeah. So we we like, I, I'll get into the movie in a minute, but. The way I think about this movie is I don't think he went through all of this, but I think it is a sign that he is a child of abuse Mm. and neglect and things like that. Because we have Rimsey, who is kind of this protector of Arda. Who right. Arda is our main protagonist, yeah, even yeah. though they do a really good job at showing all everybody of them being the our protagonist. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Arda, he has th- this quality with him and Rimsey, whereas like he constantly was searching for this type of parental figure, not even necessarily a father figure. Right. But the the story we even get from here is that like they have a tight relationship of like right. His, I'm responsible. Something for happened you. to his mom and dad. Right. His uncle took him in, but his uncle couldn't take care of him anymore, so he handed him off to Rimsey. So this kid's been passed around a lot. Um. So. That's why I think this story is truly just about neglect and child abuse. Um, Because we even hear Ramsey in his own mind. Exactly. And this is probably how he feels when he's being neglected and having child abuse. Because even if in this movie, he doesn't get hurt at all, like physically. Right. Yeah. yeah. He's just emotionally hurt at everything and like having to see the trauma around him. Right. So. For him, he's never physically hurt in this movie, which I also thought was pretty fascinating. But beyond that, you get this very sense that Rimsey consistently tells, like, back off, he's just a kid. When in reality, it's like, well, I mean, he's, he's a, a grown, grown ass yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, he's not really he a calls kid. Him a kid a lot, which yeah. is why I think that he is still technically a child in this sense. And he and I just think he just doesn't feel safe in his house as a child. You know, like this is not his yeah, safe space, but I don't know. It's interesting. It's fascinating, but you you kind of get this sense that he never really grew up, and he's probably still just a child. Um, so I don't know. Anyway, 
Let's go and jump into this so we Let's can actually physically talk about this movie. Baskin, directed by Ken Evernall. Um, I'm sure that is not how you pronounce his name, so my apologies if I budget that. Release January 1st, 2016, with a runtime of one hour and 37 minutes, with a budget, get this, a budget of $350,000. Shit. What the fuck, dude? Now, granted- Good for him. This was filmed in Turkey. I believe it was filmed in Instable. Um, And since it was filmed there, I, I mean- an American dollar probably pushes a lot further. So, but still, like that's yeah nuts. Holy shit! He got a lot done with that budget. He for sure, sure did. He sure did. Um, all location shots too. Yeah, yeah. So that probably helped a lot. Bro. That <laughs> I'm looks sure like with this budget. <laughs> that looked uh, when they get to the actual location. Yeah, it's a terrifying building. It sure is. God it's damn, so terrifying. No box office with a rating of 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. Solid. We open to a child's room with a bunch of toys and posters. And this is where we can immediately just start talking about the toys. First one, we got a Skeletor. Yeah. Right? Which looks very similar to our antagonist, the yes. father. <laughs> um, so we got Skeletor uh, being our first one. And the camera then kind of slowly pans Pans-down. around. We have like this wolf that is like on its back or whatever. But then you have this cop car filled with cops, filled with cops. And that's the the whole thing of this movie is that he's a cop now. Uh, then you have this other person who has like a mask on his head, very remnant of the people who have like the yeah, covered the eyes their and stuff faces. Like that. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but another thing is that you also have this army poster or book in the back as well, um, where it's like all of these people in a pl- platoon. Um but you just as as you keep going, you have this kind of this red kit um, thing. Uh, you got some video game stuff, so you got like PlayStation controllers, chilling teenage, Mutant teenage Ninja, Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Turtles. But another thing with the eye wrap, right? Right. You've got the wrap right around the eyes. Um, so in a way, like this is all kind of telling telling the story of everything. Yeah, you even have a little toy gun, right? But uh, if you if you even if you even think about this as well, what the toy gun. Think about this concept here. This also can explain as to why he was such a terrible sh- shooter. Because <laughs> remember, I think he when never he, wanted to kill. I guess that's how I took it. But he's just like, bah, 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 yeah, he's bah, just like shooting the, the air and starts running. But like that would be something a child would probably do, right? Right? Like not a police officer who's trained with a gun, right? A police officer would probably would have shot the fuck out of that person. <laughs> but yeah, not him. But you have that child drawing as well. So creepy. Where it's like like two Cop killing things. bad rubbers? Yeah. yeah I, I don't know what they are. It's like two things are next to him, like killing one thing on the left side, killing another person on the right side. You got a cop car flying in the air. It's, <laughs> it's like it's a whole bunch of shit going on. But eventually that's when we finally pan down to the young boy who's Arda who wakes up from his slumber overhearing his mother having sex from the other room. How uncomfortable. (laughs) He decides to sit up to listen more intently before getting out of his bed. Going up to his mother's door, he places his ear on it. Her moans suddenly cut off. He moves back here in the TV fizzing with static in the living room, turning it off. When he looks back up to his room uh, is bathed in a red glow. This is interesting. Because he, um, Ken has mentioned previously that a lot of his coloring in this movie comes from inspiration from uh, what was that one flick that had uh, 
Ryan Gosling in it. Yeah. Barry? No, 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 Ryan no. Gosling, not it was, Reynolds. It, yeah, that was uh, Ryan Gosling. And Drive? It's, and, it's, and it's Hugh like this. It wasn't Drive, but it, it came oh, out uh, around the same time. When only God forgives. Yes. Mm. Only Sorry, God I just forgives. know my Nicholas Winden reference, baby. Yeah, so only God forgives. He said he got a lot of his inspiration from the coloring, the color Which, grading specifically, again, the, the hues and things like that. Red and yellows, danger, caution. Exactly. Beautiful. It's not safe. Yeah. Also, and only God forgives is very dark. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, that's a good flick, though. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was pretty good. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous to look at. All right. Maybe watch it again. Story's all right. <laughs> Maybe watch it again, motherfucker. Right. No. Uh, very he, symbolic. <laughs> he hyperventilates as he sees sees a hand with sharp, bloody fingernails. This was interesting. He runs up to his mom's door, banging and screaming for her to open the door, shaking the handle as it's locked, the hand reaching closer and closer to him. And even then, the hand also kind of looks like Skeletor's hand as well, right? I thought it was his hand. Really? After knowing the ending, yeah. I think his friend never existed. I think he's talking about himself. So you think this is his hand? Yeah. Okay, okay. So you don't think it's the father? No, I think it's the thing that's haunting him of what the future can look at. Because I've always pictured that he's always wanted a father figure. <laughs> Which is why <laughs> they mean, got this guy named the father. Uh, but So, okay. It's obviously the father's hand, but you think metaphorically it's supposed to be the kid's hand think so okay Maybe. interesting interesting awesome god that logo's so sick though god damn the poster's amazing oh too. my god we get straight to that title card as the hand after the hand is reaching out to him and it just looks amazing i love that little keyhole it's like red paint brushed yeah characters with that keyhole in the middle of the a yeah god damn gorgeous whoever was the fucking like product designer on this set I really want to meet them because <laughs> goddamn, this uh, this whole movie is just so beautiful. Fade to a restaurant in the middle of literally nowhere. <laughs> An empty police van parked out front. The camera moves through the window, showing off a photo of five police officers: Rimsy, Ardas, um, Yavuz, Apu, and Arapo, uh, and Sefe. Someone uh, w- with a long, dirty coat of a. Uh, <laughs> Hold on. Someone with a long, dirty coat on and a bucket of raw meat walks past the van and headed toward the door to the restaurant. Ew. <laughs> you know what's weird? Because knowing nothing about this movie, I was like, oh, that little kid got killed and is playing the bucket. There. Yeah. <laughs> and like they're cooking him. <laughs> yep. Yep. The cops are inside having a very animated conversation about gambling on a soccer game. The hooded man listens for a moment before walking away. Sefe is hitting, is sitting by himself with his hand on his head while um, Apo puts his money on Barcelona. Yavuz writes, writes it down as they continue arguing about uh, who to put money on. Meanwhile, the staff picks up the dirty plates and sits them down. He goes to wash the dishes before a knock is on the back door. Wiping his hands, he opens the door without a word and accepts the bucket from, uh, from the man. He takes the bucket over to his father, who takes it, takes out the raw meat, and then cuts it into pieces. The sound design is so gross; it's yeah, incredible. Like so much squelching. Oh my god! <laughs> Ugh, that must have been a sharp ass knife. But I want to go back to that knife because is that the knife that was also used? No, the other knife is it a little bit smaller. Kind of had like a curve yeah, to yeah. it too. The other knife. I was just curious. But yeah. Uh, yeah. disgusting how it looks it looks real gross no idea what kind of meat this is but this is a very sharp knife 
And the only reason why I know that is because it's really hard to cut meat like this. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, yeah. you usually got to freeze meat a little bit to go ahead and cut through it sometimes. So, like, yeah. Back to the table, Yavu's calling out to Sefe. Um, Sefe, I think. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce his name that well. That well. <laughs> I think it's Sefe. Um, wondering if he would like to place a bet. He continues holding his head down while pinching his fingers between the bridge of his nose. The, st- the staff c- changes out the teapot for another. Um, they, d- they don't acknowledge him. This is also interesting as well. Like, uh, I think his name was Akif. Um, this guy, the the server, like serving them, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think his name was a Kiff, but this was interesting. It was just like <clears throat> they, they 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 feel. I feel like that Yavu's guy just a fucking hothead more than anything. Oh, for sure. And like he just uh, he like picks a problem with everybody. Yeah, for no reason. Like, what the fuck, man? For no reason. Yeah, but this was interesting. This all speaking of movies that I fucking love, and this movie remind me a lot of it. Uh, this thing that we're going to get into and talking about like, oh, he tells his story and it's like, oh, why are you laughing? You think I'm I, I'm a funny guy? What makes me funny? Goodfellas. Uh, that Goodfellas scene. Fair. I was like, that's the yeah, exact wow. same fucking scene. Yeah, I was like, that is literally it. It kind of even closely ends to the same way. It does, that's true. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good spot. Yeah. Good spot. That I definitely did not catch that. Good spot. Sefi um, doesn't want anything uh, to do with their bets, com- commenting about his head all being fucked up because of the- their boss, Rimsy. What did he do? <laughs> y- Yavuz uh, shouts for him to watch his mouth or, quote, he'll fuck him like a chicken, end quote. What? What? what, what? What? Why? <laughs> There's so many what? questions. What is this? That's Why quite are you the doing statement. this? <laughs> a boy, uh, bets that he actually has <laughs> fucked a chicken before. They all start to laugh except for him. He softly tells Apu not to do this in front of the newbie Arda. Apu uh, admits that he's kidding, adding that he has friends that actually do that. What? <laughs> Oddly explaining that it uh, it isn't how you have sex with it. But how you catch it. They continue their very <laughs> odd conversation on bestiality and zoophilia. While yeah. they um, are having their conversation, the owner of the restaurant is wiping wiping up some of the that mystery meat on the grill. This is, man. I'm not going to lie, though. When he threw it on the grill, I was like, I'll eat it. I don't know. I'll eat it. Yeah. When, when that thing is cooked. I don't know. He was getting down. He was getting down. Uh, I'll eat it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I'll eat it. Uh, their conversation switches to them losing their virginity inside of a brothel. Okay. Uh, Yavu's <laughs> calling Arda a city boy, thinking that his dad took him took him to one. Now, I did re- read a little ahead of some of these fun facts here. Um, so, first movie fact. Movie uh, fact. So, the way that they're talking goes with... I guess supposedly the way that they die. So it's mainly three of them that are having a conversation. And interesting. And they're it's it's based off of their sins. So we have rage, Yavuz. Yeah. We have um lust, who is Apu, who's the one who brings up the whole concept of fucking animals. <laughs> right. And then you have greed, who is Rimsey. And mm. Rimsey's greed of wanting to consistently protect Arda, I guess. Um, but I don't know. I I need to, now that we're like rewatching it, I'm going to start looking for those traits because yeah, I, didn't, yeah, I didn't personally get that, but uh, I need to look for it now. Yeah. So we'll see. 
But anyway, he admits that some high school seniors took them to one. Yavuz uh, claims that he's seasoned in, the, in this field, wanting to tell his story about, quote unquote, the strings. Uh, he shares his story about this sex worker who looked like a Victoria's Secret model um, who was actually transsexual and he didn't know it. I'll leave it at that. He's telling, as he's telling his story, they all erupt in laughter except for um, Safi. Uh, they are being served their coffees while the server, Akif, is laughing at their conversation. Yavuz calls out to him, wondering why he's laughing. They all stop laughing. The server explaining that, that it was because they were all laughing and he just joined in. Yavuz questions about them entertaining him with his with their jokes. Akif claims that it isn't like that. It was just a phony funny story explaining it back to him Yavuz gets upset because he thinks he's calling him gay and uh yeah he's like not happy about it which kind of made me think like are you gay you just closeted it you know I don't know he had an interesting thing going on with Apo so (laughs) yeah I mean it's true you never know I'm just saying but yeah this is basically straight out good fellas Oh, for sure. Oh, why are you laughing? Because you're all laughing. It's like, what, am I well, a funny, funny guy? Uh, funny guy? <laughs> I mean, you so are funny, funny guy. You're at home alone. How can I not <laughs> laugh at you? <laughs> Do I entertain you? <laughs> am I here to entertain you? Okay, sorry. Good you did the eye. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> what makes me so fucking funny, huh? <laughs> all right, I love good That was thoughts. actually pretty good, his voice. <laughs> Very high-pitched voice yeah. that man has. A gif uh, takes it back, but um, Yavu's isn't having it. The police all agree with Yavuz as he tries to return back to the kitchen. He stops him by holding onto his arm, Rimsy trying to stop him, but he won't let it let up. The owner comes out, grabbing a gift by the other arm, telling him to move back, and Yavuz demands him to step away. The owner tries to explain, quote, that the boy didn't mean it, end quote. Yavuz considers him no longer to be a boy, thinking that he could defend himself. And this is very reminiscent yeah, of it's... how we get Rimsy um, taking care of uh, Arda as well. The owner pleads for him to go easy on him and that he's just a kid. Yavuz uh, becomes more defensive, wanting to know why he's touching him as the owner repeats it. Rimsy stands up to, uh, to try to dissolve the altercation, but it's becoming more heated. Meanwhile, Sef- um, Safi is feeling nauseous and rushes out to the bathroom, where he immediately throws up inside of a sink. The cops all start to leave, that being the best way to defuse the situation. Akif murmurs a comment about them being cops. He's like, lucky you guys are cops, pretty much. Yavuz yeah. Over here is turning back around, wanting wanting to know what he said. The owner claims that he's talking to himself as Yavuz yells that he's uh, he's getting on his nerves. Safi watches his mouth and her hands before noticing a frog sitting on the soap dish inside the restaurant. Rimsy shouts for them to stop, moving the owner away, taking away Yavuz's gun, wanting him to do whatever he wants to a kiff, deciding to not step into it, confirming with a poo. He sits on the table across from him. Yavuz shocked as what's happening. Rimsy instructs him to hit a kiff and show show them his moves. Yavuz goes up to him, grabbing him by the shoulders, telling him to behave since his boss is telling him to hit him. He then takes a cheap shot by headbutting him. Akif grabs him and tackles him to the ground, delivering a punch to his face, but Yavuz gets the upper hand, punching the shit out of him as the police crew cheers him on. Back with Sefi, flicking the frog off the dish and going back to washing his face, not noticing the hooded figure standing behind him right away. Or at all, really. <laughs> he never notices. <laughs> he like, never really notices. He like, looks up like, huh, like, whatever. He like, looks at himself, um, and then when he looks at himself, he just kind of starts screaming. 
He fixes his hair in the um in the mirror while looking yeah. at himself before realizing something, screaming in absolute terror as he grabs his face. This was interesting. And I never really understand why he screams. I well, I mean, he says it um like perfectly. He thought he was going crazy. So what I think is that I think he was getting flashes of the of this place, especially what we find out later that it's on a loop. Oh yeah, yeah. So I think he just has a memory of it, of them you being think? there, yeah. and it just flashed in his head. Him like, looking at oh, himself in the fuck. mirror. He's just self reflecting. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Yeah, there yeah. <laughs> Little fork. Okay. But yeah, I think I think that's that's what is kind of happening here. Is that he's right, just, and that's why we see glimpses of the past and the future. Within right. this restaurant, exactly. So, so even this restaurant's the, kind of because like the meat does. I don't want. I don't think I know what human meat looks like, but it made me feel uncomfortable because I always thought it was human meat. So I, I feel like this is just the immersion of both worlds constantly being intertwined. Essentially, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think the restaurant's limbo. Yeah, you know, I think the restaurant's the the like the safe checkpoint, right. if you will, um, versus them the being actually the game. in hell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Um, so it's, it's interesting because we do come back to this restaurant a lot and it's, they use it in very interesting ways where right now they're all together, but when they come back, it's only just Arda and Rimsy. And there's a great film tactic for pacing. It's like, cool. You've seen a lot of crazy shit. Here's your piece. We're back to the crazy shit again. Like here's here's how we can relax a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) And then rebuild the tension to go back in. Exactly. It's really smart. It's really effective. I agree. Definitely agree. His crew runs over to the door, banging on it for him to open up. The door is locked as they continue banging and trying to get it open. Abo grabs the heater as, as, as if he screams, die down. Before he could shoot the door handle, the door opens up on its own. Cut to Arda and Yavuz lighting up their cigarettes. Arda light, um, Arda's lighter is out while Yavuz successfully lights his. He asks for uh, Yavuz's to pass his lighter. He does so, demanding for him to give it back um, as they both enjoy their cigarettes in silence. Apo comes up, comes out of the bathroom, telling them that um, Sefi is only saying that he felt like he was losing his mind for a second, adding that he's not claustrophobic. This is interesting. And this is why I think, like, it's legit what he said. He just felt like he was literally losing his mind. And I just think it was just flashes. Um, This right here reminded me a lot of Hellraiser, though. Like, right off the bat, like... It reminded me of, yeah. you know, just like, oh, the delights will show you. <laughs> the paint will be exquisite. Um, but it reminded me a lot of that for sure. But yeah, and it reminded me a little bit of Candyman. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Remind me a little bit of Candyman as well. Um, I mean, like you said, there's a lot of movies inside this movie. Oh, for sure. <laughs> there's a lot of it's movies. It's all like the best movie. parts of all of those movies. Right. Too, so it's like but it's also solid. very original. Yeah, like that's not for us to take away the originality of this Definitely film not. at all. Like this film is incredibly original. It's just I love the, the handheld so camera movements. Oh my god, yeah, it makes it so much like like you're there. Yeah, yeah. Um. He claims that he's feeling better now. Rimsy helped uh, helped him calm down. Arda questions if that has happened before. It hasn't. Abo remembers him feeling dizzy after an elevator, but it wasn't like this. This being different. Arda um, considers this effect to be from, in fact, claustrophobia. <laughs> Yavuz uh, chuckles at, at this. Rimsy and Sefi comes out of the bathroom. Abo checks on him. Rimsy answers for him, claiming that he's fine. Sefi confirms that he's fine. 
and that he'll drive. Opal looks over at Rimsey after the statement. Sefi doubles down. Um, Rimsey takes takes that, or excuse me, Rimsey thinks that he should rest in the back for a bit as Javuz will drive. Sefi questions why they are all looking at him like that, claiming that he's learned how to drive since he was four, <laughs> sitting on <to> the <laughs> sitting at the wheel of the bus on his dad's lap. Okay, <laughs> telling them that they're of, they're offending him. They're like, oh, so they start all sarcastically joke that they feel very safe now. As Sefi gets in the driver's seat, they're off down the dark and desolate road. They are driving down the road. Sefi taking a deep breath while wiping his eyes. Apollo reassures him that he's he's fine. The Yavuz sarcastically agreeing. Sefi looks back. Uh, looks back at him through the rearview mirror, claiming that he's fine as he continues down the road, still wiping at his face. He flicks over. He flicks through the radio station, finding a song for all of them to ride to. And I love how all of them are just um, trying to look like super hardcore while the song plays in the beginning, and then as soon as he turns it up, they just start singing they're it. Like, oh hell yeah! <laughs> but they're all just like eh, whatever, mindlessly driving down this road, whatever. It's like I said, I was fine. I was been driving since four. All right, <laughs> relax. <laughs> but this this is great. I love this scene when they start all singing along. And they're just having fun, and it's yeah. so fun. They're this was group. fun. Yeah. It was like it. it it just was sounds rel- like a boy's night out. That's exactly. It. Yeah. it was relaxing to have this scene before all the carnage. Uh, yeah. Because this just felt very grounded human. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And like, the song I don't was like fire you guys. Too. Yeah. The song was great. I have no idea what it was called, but the lyrics are like in a blooming dress, move, love, let's go far away. And they're all they're all singing to each other. It's so it's it's interesting. But like they are digging it. Oh yeah, they're dancing. They're having a great time. They're having a good time. They're having a good time, and it's it's interesting. Um, but it was nice to see this. It kind of just reminds you, like, they're human. Yeah, right. Like they're they're human. Um, non perfect, but still human. Exactly. Yeah. Opposed, like he's he's. I I, I did like Apollo. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was so fucking funny. <laughs> he turns the music up, uh, which has them all start to sing along. Eventually, all really getting into it, adding some ad libs from a po. They all break out into a quick dance sesh as they continue down the road. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> look at me." <laughs> the The music is coming to an end right in time for them to hear all. Uh, excuse me, to hear a call on their walkie-talkie requesting all units. There's a call from the Insigak uh, in neighborhood. Um, they cut the music completely off so they can hear the call for backup in nearby units to be advised. 4455 is at the scene. I have no idea what this means. 4455? I, I can look it up. Yeah, if you don't mind looking it up. Something to point out real quick. While they were driving down, we get just like an upwards angle from the street view of the van passing by. And it like cuts to them going further down the road, but upside down. It's like their world's their about world's to be upside down. upside down. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're fun, fun little. What's the four trick. four four five five police code? I don't know. I don't know if like police codes are different in Turkey. I would assume they are, but. Yeah, it's probably yeah, true. That would probably check that. The walkie starts cutting out as they repeat it. Apollo um, calling in that they'll be they'll head over to the scene. Rimsey asks what it is. He repeats that it's a four four five or four four five five, and they're calling for backup in 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 Sagak. I cannot pronounce that word. Um, Apollo wonders if they're nearby. Sefe agrees that it's very close, and he'll get them. He'll get them there. Yavuz pouts that they won't officially get any sleep tonight. Spr- um, spouting the fra- the phrase that beggars can't be choosy. 
accusers before drawing a dick on the window. Abo remembers his area, wondering where he heard a particular story. Sefi chimes in that he heard stories about this place as a kid, and that they were they are nasty stories. Abo comes back into the conversation, remembering one of, one of them, one about a famous um a famous uh I put Farina, but I don't I don't know if that was what I was trying to say. Um, Because I have no idea what a farina is. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Uh, Sefe agrees in that there are many of them. Three of them just ahead. Ribsy demands them to stop talking nonsense, not understanding how there can be be nasty stories um, in a place full of shrines. I think that's what a farina is. They're shrines, maybe? Possibly. Yeah. Um, For some research for the 4455, uh, there is nothing that really pops up. I'm shout out to the goddess of hellfire because they, they did a review on the movie. They put in four, four, five, five, uh, and they said, I don't know what it means. And I Googled it and uh, there's nothing there <laughs> and I Googled it and there's nothing there, but so maybe it was just for them yeah. to call it out for the movie. Yeah. Uh, who was that person who did that review? Um, it's the first thing that pops up. Goddess of Hellfire. Shout out to you, Goddess of Hellfire. Uh, Sefe calls out that it isn't like that, but this place isn't good. Yavuz insults him about being shocked earlier, wondering when he woke up. He tells Yavuz to not worry about him, and they all continue to drive de- driving in silence. Arda closes his eyes as he rests his head on the window. This is interesting, right? Because as he closes his eyes, it's like he's detaching himself from everybody. Right. And he's like all the way in the back. They're all in separate seats, but he's all the way in the back. Um, kind of like, oh, you know. It was all a dream. I'm scared. That's what it feels like, right? Like it feels like it feels very nightmarish. Right. Um, but it feels very intentional at the same time. They continue driving down the road, Sefe frustratedly calling out that they've been on this road forever and that there there was supposed to be a right turn, but there's no sign for it. Abo pounds on the radio, calling him a piece of shit as he tries to get it to work. Yavuz grabs the walkie, telling him to get rid of it because it's broken and they've completely lost communication anyway. But Apo demonstrates that he's still receiving a signal, but nothing comes through. Yavuz makes a comment about Sefe not knowing how to get there. Sefe calls, calls out to him to cut the shit explaining that he's been driving this road for over 10 years but he doesn't have a memory of this road he doesn't notice the white the all-white figure running across the road right away slamming on his brakes before hitting it the person makes it across the road sefe puts on his hazards and they all get out of the get out of the car they wonder what he saw he frantically explains that it was an all-naked man running across the road what do you who do you think it was do you think it was like one of the minions that's what i've been calling them minions <laughs> minions i, call them I can see that cultists maybe i don't know but whatever like do you think it was one of them i think so i could see that me too like this thing was like stark white could it just be the father i don't know i don't think so it looks like there is something on that person's head but it's a little tough to tell anyway this motherfucker was zoidberg in his way across the street (laughs) 
<laughs> they, <laughs> they wonder where he, where he is now, shouting for him to show himself as they point their flashlights into the brush of the side of the road. Something slams into the van and they run over to the other side, taunting the naked, unseen person. Arda turns back around to see something on the outside of the van, asking the rest of the crew what this is, wondering if it was there before. It is scratches on the side of the van, this being their fir- their first time seeing it. Yavu's questions Sefit, wanting to know who did this. He sarcastically claims that he's asking million-dollar questions. They hear <laughs> frogs croaking behind the van, going over to find a pile of them on the side of the road, confused by this. Yavu's chuckling as that they all jumped out in the pile of frogs, um, climbing and hopping on each other. They call out to Rimsy and Apu uh, for them to get out of there, all of them heading back to the van. One last shout-out from Yavu's, yelling that he'll catch whoever is out there. No, you won't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, not a fan of amphibians. Not a fan. Don't Just, like the frogs? Uh, maybe. Why not? I don't know. Because in dreams, they symbolize rebirth, renewal, and transformation. Oh, interesting. interesting. Now you like the frogs, don't you? No. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I don't like frogs. Not a fan of them. Not a fan. I think it's because they're slimy. Yeah. They be squelching a lot. <laughs> yeah. And they hop. I don't like things that hop. Yeah. Except for bunnies. I like bunnies. <laughs> I like bunnies. I don't know. Yeah. But have you ever looked into like a bunny's like eyes? I got nothing. To, I got to pet one this weekend. Oh. I got to pet several this weekend. It was at this go. little community function. They had bunnies. They had and bunnies. I was like, get me in there. Get me in there. And they have my favorite bunny of all time. Ooh. Uh, I'm just reading here. There's a mythology about frogs where they are cleansers of bad spirits. Interesting. Ah. Uh. Uh. Do you like frogs now? Still no. Oh, okay. Um, I would probably <laughs> take the bad spirit. <laughs> You're like, possess me. Get that frog, like, frog out of my face. Get that frog out of my face, dude. I don't, I don't need it. I don't need it. <laughs> get the frog out of my face. Okay. <laughs> Cuts of them continuing to drive down the road. Yavuz is the first to break the silence, wanting to know if Sefe saw a man. Rimsy demands him to shut his mouth. He looks back at Rimsy, wondering if he could have been, if it could have been an animal. Sefe looks back, sarcastically admitting that it was a frog, not seeing the person standing in the middle of the road in time, hitting them directly and causing their van to drive into a river. All right, I need to see this part over because of that ending. I just kind of want to see if it if it resembles properly. Does it? It looked it looked like it did. Right, I think so. Yeah, it looks like like it looks it's like pretty he's on police par. form, right, or a police uniform or whatever. Because yeah, we got him looking back, right, yelling about the frog, and then as soon as he like turns back around, this is where he sees that holy shit, there's a person in the middle of the road. So we just paused it, and is it him? I mean, it's obviously a dummy. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's that's really true. Hard to tell. Um, but I'm trying to base it off their clothes, and it, it doesn't really match. Doesn't really match. Um, so it's a little it's a little tough to tell because it's obviously a dummy. I'm glad that they actually legit hit a dummy though. <laughs> like, yeah, that's cool. Like, holy shit! Um, it's a little tough to tell. Hair looks kind of the same though. Roughly, roughly. That's more ruffled. But I mean, he is getting struck by a car though. So. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> so. Why's your hair all ruffled, huh? 
Oh, you know, I just got hit by a car. MBD. <laughs> Damn it, Josh, again? Yo, they fucking... They really drove over that thing, though. Oh, for real, yeah. <laughs> God like, damn. God damn. That's probably like a real reaction. They're like, what the fuck? For real. Oh, man. Cuts to them back inside the restaurant. Apollon uh, Yavuz laughing hysterically at a game show that's on TV. Sefe is sitting at the table as the cook is grilling on outside. Rimsy praying with his beads and Arda playing uh, with, his, with his hair. He shares that his father used to say that shouldn't uh, that you shouldn't talk about your dreams at night. Um, which was interesting. Rimsey smiles, considering this to be a good one. He continues that when his mother was six months pregnant with him, he his name came to his father in a dream, handing him the baby, calling out that this is Arda. Them them not thinking twice about naming him. Rimsey blesses their soul as Akif comes up to the table with some coffee. Sefe continues looking out of the window at the owner grilling outside. Arda wants to tell Rimsey something, but he promises for him not to say anything. He promises. Artist shares that he had a close friend uh, when he was a child named Kaskun. He came to their house uh, every so often and they go out to the movies and whatnot. His dad had died recently and when they were coming out of the movie, Kaskun had told him that he about how his dad died. Seeing his soul rise from his dead body, Rimsey seeks clarification about what he saw. Arda repeats that, it, that it, he saw his literal soul leaving his body. Mm. He, he was crying the entire time. His brother also being there, not seeing anything, swelling on it. They uh, are swearing on it. Excuse me. They made a silly pact. Whoever dies first shall appear to the other without scaring one another. Mm. That's cute. Well, this word's like, oh, does he have paranormal? Like, sure, I can see powers that. or yeah. For like, me, is he a medium? Like, after seeing this movie, the whole concept of you shall appear um, to the other without scaring one another. Yeah, like I don't know. It just makes me think like the father is the friend. Like that's what it makes me think of. Okay, I can maybe see that. Yeah, um, but I don't know. It's interesting. It's really interesting. He continues that he walked Kaskun to the ferry, seeing him go uh, go through the turnstiles and enter into the ferry. And then he went home 50 minutes later. His parents weren't home. So he went in his room and changed and get, got ready for bed. But he couldn't sleep. So he pulled the duvet up and passed out. Rimsey doesn't understand the big deal. Arda sighs that he has, a, he has a dream where a lot of people are around him glaring at him, questioning if he knows, knows how you fear something in your dream, but you don't quite know why. Feeling that fear itself, that fear inside, but then Kaskun comes out of the crowd holding out his hand. This is what makes me think that it might be the father right. because the father held, like, holds out his hand. Like, there's a lot of these, these moments where we see people holding out their hands. Right. We're reaching out in the exactly. distance or something. So yeah. it, it reminds me a lot of, of, of that. But you could be also right as well, where Koskun could just be a defense mechanism, right? Or it could be. Could yeah. be a defense mechanism for his abuse, going back to my, my theory, um, where it could be, you know, a defense mechanism of, of an imaginary friend. Or something to follow his abuse or something like that. Telling him not to be afraid and assuring him that it, it is him. 
He wakes up soaked in sweat, but he's still dreaming, hearing moans coming from his mom's room. He listens, and then they suddenly stop, as if they disappeared from inside. When he looks inside the living room, the TV is on, but only in static. So he turns it off, and as he looks toward the hallway, there's someone inside his room being able to feel it. Arda knows that Kuskun is inside his room, but the thought of seeing him scares him. So he runs into his mom's uh, he runs to his mom's door, banging on it um, as he screams for her to open it performing the example on the table so so hard that the tiny teacup jumps as he pounds on the table but then he wakes up shortly after that that afternoon he receives a call being able to tell tell it was this was weird by his mom's voice when she answered the call explaining that Kaskun had been hit by a car that night his mom claiming that he couldn't function for 10 days, but he can't remember anything. She had to leave food at the at the front of his door. He continues to, uh, to have the same dream, even having it this morning. It feeling like he's still dreaming. So mm, Still dreaming, huh? Feels like I'm still dreaming. And look how the light is just shining on his face as well, right? Like very, oh, yeah, it's very spotlit. Exactly. Like um, so like it feels like we are watching a dream right now. Right. Feels very dreamy. Um, but I don't know, dude. Like it just, it, like this really kind of goes to my theory. I'm just saying, just saying, man. He explains that Rimsey is the first person um, that he's told this to. He wonders when this was before their, uh, and he says that it's before their death, before the death of his parents. Arda grabs his cup, answering that uh, they died a year later in a car crash. Rimsey um, leans in, wanting to tell him something, something that he's been wanting to uh, share with him since his uncle uh, placed him in his care. And this is, you know, also super interesting, right? Like that abandonment of your parents, right? Um, and him having to, to be Take passed over the along. Father. Um, say it again. I'm sorry. Oh no, never mind. Yes, continue. I was going to say just to else. be passed along. Uh, from people person to person, right, right. and him just kind of seeking out that, you know, that piece of his life that was taken away from him. Yeah, but yeah, what were you saying? Can I say though? No, I was like, for him, he had to take away, or he had to become the father figure. Obviously, he obviously cares so much about him, and you can see like he's holding something to keep him safe too. The way he like words things or like be careful like. This whole back and forth is kind of very poetic because it's like a therapy session for both of them. Ooh, in a way. I like that you said that. It's a better way for them to connect to each other and be there for each other uh, as a father and a son would be. Yeah. Um, and that's where we get those breaks of that like tension is their relationship with one another. Yeah. And how they're there to protect each other and how much love they have for each other, which he never really had for his own father. Right, right, yeah. right. He's cryptic. Mentioning yeah. that Ardo doesn't realize it, wondering about how they can save, how they can have it stay away. Ardo wonders what he's talking about. Rimsey questions if he sees anyone else that, uh, there with them. Ardo claims that that the rest of the guys are there, but when he looks when he looks around, there's no one there. Rimsey tells him to look around and, and to take it all in, wanting to know if there is anyone else there. Lights overhead dim. Arda's voice becomes distant and echoed as he wonders what he's supposed to feel. He looks behind Rimsey, seeing the hooded figure standing behind him. His eyes start to water as he wonders what, uh, what it is. This was fucking creepy, Great. dude. Just the dim Holy of the light, too, was so shit. good. 
God damn. And I like that he doesn't even look up. He just turns his direction. Yeah. So fucking good. Rimsey finds this to be the first time someone other than him is seeing it. The hooded figure turns toward him. Water drips from the ceiling as blood oozes from his hand. Or at least it looks like blood, but I think it's also supposed to be water. Yeah, the water made it look bloody. Right. But it's just like that. I think it's just supposed to be like, I don't know what it's supposed to be. Because it looks like blood. Or it could be water in the blood or blood yeah. in the water. Oh, you know what it might be? Dirt. It could be. Yeah, yeah. it could just be like dirty water because they they fall in like a ditch. And yeah. it's the it's pretty much, long story short, everybody, it's the fucking van filling up with water. Yeah. That's pretty much what's happening right now. Um, Rimsey finds this to be the first time someone has actually been able to see it. Uh, he hard <laughs> rubs his hand as he continues looking around. The hooded figure reaches out, um, reaches its hand out toward him, blood dripping from it. And this is why I think it's Koskun because we say yeah. the whole thing of like, oh, people are looking at me or whatever, and then reaching out the hands. But there's a lot of that in, the, in this movie. Uh, uh, da, da, da. he falls from. Or blood then spills from the top of the ceiling. The room is flooded to his ankles. He falls back into his chair, falling into an ocean of water, floating around slowly, looking out to the vast emptiness. What a shot, too. A yeah. pair of hands, large hands, um, <laughs> uh, submerged into the water. He grabs onto it and is pulled out. His crew assists him out of the water, Apo instructing him to take deep breaths. Yavuz is looking for his gun as Apo, is, as Apo tries to make sure everyone is okay. He blames Sefi for his driving. Sefi tells him to fuck off and to not start with him. A strange tall man comes up behind them with a lantern, not saying anything at first. Uh, Yavuz angrily wonders if they were one of the people that ran across the, the road. We zoom out to see multiple, multiple, excuse me. We zoom out to see multiple of these mysterious town folks. The crew walk up the hill, Rimsey and Apo continuing to help Arda. The, a man is cackling as they come out of there. Apo questions his laughter. The man laughs as he questions them falling and having an accident in the creek. It's kind of like mocking them too. Yeah. Like it feels like, oh, you fell. You had an accident in the creek. <laughs> Stupid cops. <laughs> Um, Yavuz gets in his face yelling about his laughter. Another man pulls him off, explaining that he has mental issues. He kicks over <laughs> his bucket, exposing the frogs, all slithering and crawling off of each other. They all look down in shocking horror. Rimsey questions who they hit. A boat calls um, Sefe and Yavuz to uh, come, come with him. Arda takes a seat, continuing to catch his breath. The, child's, uh, the child that's with the people starts grabbing the frogs and throwing them back into the bucket. They all sit down across the fire, continuing to stare. Oh, man. Kotopo and the two others back on the road, Yavuz confused as to what they hit. Sefe starts um, freaking out, knowing that they hit someone, but they can't find him. He has an argument about the whereabouts of the person they hit with Yavuz. They stop to look around the, the road for a moment. They both recognize that their face is bleeding, Yavuz trying to figure out where his blood is spilling from. Apo comes back uh, comes back to tell Rimsey that they have no radio or phone due to the wreckage of the van. He looks over to the village people, questioning them um, possibly having a phone. Rimsey wonders where they are. The tall man bluntly answers in Insanak or Insa. I can't pronounce that word. I'm sorry, y'all. Insagak. Um, one of the the bearded men. 
explains that this is the way to the woods and they should go back through the grove. Apo understands that um excuse me under, Apo understands that they arrived while Rimsey points in the direction the man is referring to. He agrees, motioning his head is um that it is beyond the grove, 200 meters at most. Apo feels um feels he's full of shit, wanting him to show him where. He doesn't feel the need to. The woman tells him to sit uh, sit and rest for a while. Rimsey insists that they have work to do. Now, do you think these people are actually trying to save them? Or do you think they just don't care? Like, because this is interesting. Because we have them kind of spreading these consistent warnings. I feel like there's ones like, you guys are dumb and like you're going through hell. Watch this. Like, Like, he doesn't care. That character doesn't care. I feel like she generally cares. It's like, don't go. Stay here and rest. I said it's for your own good. Yeah. She's the one that's like giving them the warnings. Like, what if you stayed this time? Right. And not go. Yeah. Cause these almost feel like the ferryman. Yeah. Right. Like bringing them on to death to the lake of sticks, the yeah. river of sticks. Um, but it's, it's interesting because she, she is very nurturing in her yeah. tone as well. It's very poetic in her words too. Yeah. It's your bread and butter after all. It's true. What's my bread and butter? What are you talking yeah, about, I was lady? Cu- I was curious about that too. Like, like my, my bread, life is my bread like and butter. Resting like, is my bread and butter. Is that could be? Like, maybe. And yeah. it's like, hey, what is the hell is the matter with you? Oh. <laughs> if only you knew, sir. <laughs> she touches the tall man's arm, relaying that he's telling him this for his own good, but he has work to do. Then he should go. Apo angrily questions what the ma- what's the matter with her, telling them to come on, wanting to, uh, wanting the man to take them past the grove. They start walking off, stopping when the little girl is tapping on the pots, um, and she says something in French before closing her eyes. I have no idea what she says, but yeah, yeah. She's uh, like, "Stay here, French toast." <laughs> I okay. wish I will stay. Listen to uh, Prince's recipe. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Listen to the recipe. I had some folks jot it down too. Good. <laughs> I hope they tried it. It's fucking delicious. I want to try it. It's delicious. I gotta. I, you know, one day we should have like a a good night breakfast day, like where we all just like come to my pad Super or something, down. and we just make breakfast. Just. That's just fucking amazing. chill. Let's have a good morning. Fade to the crew making it make it to a house that um that has a police cruiser parked out front with the light still flashing on it. You use questions. If this is the time, we take a message from our sponsor. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. And we're back. Instead, he questions if that's one of their cars. Abon nods his head while um, holding on to the villager. He's about to mention a historical lesson from the Ottoman days, but Yavuz tells him to shut up. I was like, I was genuinely curious. I was like, no, bro, what the fuck? Unless that sounded interesting. Apo wants him to speak, though, barking Yavuz down. The man continues that uh, this this was a police station, and when he was a child, it was a stable. No one comes there now. 
and it's deserted, wondering what they're doing here. Apo calls this um, Sefe, wondering if he's knew about this place. He's heard about it when he was a kid, agreeing that it's a police station back in the Ottoman days. <laughs> Did you, though? <laughs> he literally just said that. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other guy's like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Yavuz uh, tells Apo, that they should check it out, he agrees, instructing them to be careful. They start walking off except uh, for Ramsey and Arda. He places his hand with the uh, with his flashlight on Arda's shoulder, sharing that his uncle placed him under his care, wanting him to not worry because he has the key to all of this. So we start off very clear. Okay. He has the key to all of this. Okay. All right. Yeah. He's the one that's like very self-aware of what's going on. Yeah, and I he's think, the one that knowingly goes into this situation over and over again, I guess. Right. But he, from what it tells me from the script and what he's trying to say is that he knows what's going on, essentially. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he understands the, um, everything. He's coherent in this um, whole loop situation that they kind of can keep going through um, and that it, for him, it's not just a repeat of things. It's literally like telling him like, hey, this is how you get out of it. This is how you start over and, and whatnot. And I think he's doing it so he can snap out of it eventually. Right. Like maybe this will be the loop that has you snap out of it. Yeah, it's like you can tell that no one's in this room with us right now. Right. And we're just stuck in this like dream essentially. Yeah, exactly. Almost makes it seem like Rimsey's not real. Makes it seem like no one's real except right. for yeah him except for Arda. Arda. That's why I think like a lot of these people are just literally figments of his imagination, trying to help him get out. Right. Yeah. So it's like you're literally trapped in your own nightmare. Yeah. Because once again, remember, he never gets physically hurt until the end. So, I mean, it's kind of interesting. And they say you and who can't, hurts him? The people closest to him die oh. in your dreams, right? Yeah. So. Well, they even say, like, oh, don't worry. When you die, it's just another reawakening. It's another resurrection. Right, yeah, it's a resurrection, right? So it's just repeating the cycle, yeah. essentially. He takes out his gun and starts walking toward the old station. Arda follows shortly after this. They all make it in front of the station, looking at all of the overgrown vines on the building. Arda notices some makeshift dolls strung up in the branches. Sefid goes into the cruiser, calling for all units on their radio, but it isn't working. He throws the radio and starts che um, quickly checking around the car, shouting that nothing is working inside of it. Ramsey whisper, uh, whispers shouts for him to get a grip and calm down. I don't know what to really call that. Maybe just loudly whispering or something, but I always call it whisper shouts where we're just like, calm the fuck down. I was like, calm the fuck down. We're like, who taught you how to whisper? But like, <laughs> Abo uh, runs, uh, runs up to him, whispering for him to calm down. Um, and because they have, they have the gun and the badge, like this is supposed to be protection. Like we're adults. No, he was just saying like, don't be afraid. Essentially. Right, and I was I was thinking I was saying taking it as like don't be afraid because we're cops. Yeah, it's like we're the ones that are the authority yeah, figures. Exactly. We're not allowed to be afraid. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um. So it was, it was it was interesting. Yeah, it's like get yourself together, man. It, pretty much <laughs> slapping him in the face. Apo yeah. uh, runs up. Or excuse me, I read that already. He hyperventilates. Apo wants him to uh, say the say the beginning of, of their national anthem. Sefe sings, "Fear not." 
Um, he stops F.A. acknowledging that he got it, wanting him to come come on as he backs toward the building. The man starts running back to, uh, through the woods. A boat yells for him to stop running. That dude booked it out of there. Like, <laughs> like fuck this shit. That I'm out. shit. I am not going in there. The man continues running, saying, fuck the police while calling the, <laughs> uh, them goddamn sons of bitches. Um, <laughs> they don't chase after him. They continue looking around the building, seeing all of this stuff strung up around it. Yavuz and Abo are ready to go inside, the rest following them. One of them commenting about the stench that's coming from inside. Arna coughs and gags as he enters in. They look around with their flashlights, commenting that there's nothing there. More of these figures are strung up around inside the house. They continue walking around the damp and dilapidated station, moving one of the figures that seems to have some sort of flesh woven into its fibers. Apo calls out, asking if anybody is there. Yavuz adding, quote, We're talking to you, damn it! End quote. <laughs> no answer, so they can continue walking. I wouldn't say anything if you said that either. Shit. Uh, blood dripping from some of the gore that's positioned around. Eventually, they come across some eggs. Picking one of them up, spilling out blood, a poke can't handle it, losing contents of his stomach. They shush him as they hear a door open from down the hall. Man, bro, I just fucking lost my lunch. Like, what? Like, what do you mean, shush me? <laughs> come on. Jesus. But that was almost immediate, though. That was he was, that was like, so fast. He was that like, was so fast. He didn't oh, even, bloody eggs! Oh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, he didn't even think about it. <laughs> this is not excellent. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Rimsy starts to descend into the direction as the station continues to creak all around them. A banging is heard. They follow the direction of the bangs, cautiously moving around the corner. They are startled by another officer who's banging his head on the wall repeatedly. This was fucking so creepy. fantastic. Oh my God. And for me, I'm just like losing my eyes. Like, what is this movie about? I don't know anymore. Is this a zombie movie? I'm down. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> but that's why they gave me like Resident Evil vibes. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 sure. But this is interesting, right? Like when he turns around so slowly. Oh my fucking God. And I God, love the, the position of the, the flashlight. It's always constantly um, low. To his chest, and you can't see his face, but then glimpses as he like moves it up and down. Right, it's so good. It's great tension building. And I also want to point out too, he was not hitting his head hard; he was just hitting it so often and for so long so that his head just started to bleed. But it's not like profusely. I'm curious to who these people are—the people who arrived who asked for backup. These people here, but they might also not exist too. Technically, they might not. Like I said, I don't think any of this is real. It's like we were summoned. It was never a call for backup. It was like, like interesting. Right. Because yeah. remember, the road was also oddly long right. as well. There's so. inconsistencies of this being real. So, right. Yeah. His blood is also on the wall. Rimsey calls out to him, wondering what's going on there. He demands the officer to look at him, wondering who he is, asking where the rest of his unit is. The officer groans and whimpers. They yell for him to stop crying as they approach him. <laughs> stop crying. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Apo <laughs> asks where his unit is, but the man is silent. He commands Yabuz to grab his ID. He goes over to him, quickly patting him down, confirming that he doesn't have anything. I mean, you didn't really check. It was just like very quick. Like three seconds. Like yeah. Pat, pat, pat. No. Man, I don't know, man. If I was in this situation, I'd be like, you pat him down. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, I thought he was going to attack him. I mean, it seemed like it. Like, yeah. he definitely seems unstable. Yeah. Right? So, like, him being an unstable type of person. really see what happens to him, huh? No, he just stands there. 
Yeah. So it's uh, it's kind of like, yeah, I guess we see nothing that really happens to him. They wonder what he's uh, what he's done to himself. Ramsey questions if he ha- if he's the one who called for backup. The officer continues saying um, saying excuse me. The officer continues not saying a word. This causes Apo to start yelling before getting into his face, wanting to know where the rest of his unit is. The officer then slowly croaks as he and positions and points in the direction that, that they all are in. This is interesting that he croaks as well like a frog. Right. An officer that is uh, an officer's hat is on the ground. Apo commands Sefe to take take him to the car. He's um, a little too slow for Yavu's liking as he snaps for him to get a move on it. He grabs the officer by the arm as he continues whining and crying out of the room. The rest of them go through the door where uh, where the hat is, coming across a set of stairs. Nothing else is there. They check down all the flights of stairs. Yavu's not wanting to go down there because it's all pitch black. Rimsey understands telling him that Arda, um, Arda and him can stay behind, agreeing that he'll go with Apo. But Arda wants to come as well, leaving Yavuz there. And I love when he uh, questions if Arda is sure. He's like, you sure? You sure you want to go down there? <laughs> All right, man. Uh, they descend Fine. the stairs, Yavuz not understanding that he's left there alone and decides to go down there to meet up with them. Meanwhile, Sefe is still walking the officer outside, trying to ask him for his name. The man is still silent. They stop when Sefe notices a frog on the ground. He he follows it as it hops around the corner, leaving the officer alone in the dark. He eventually comes across some naked people with bags taped crudely around their heads and chains around their neck. A woman is forcing a man's head into a plate with some bloody sludge as she moans repeatedly. He moves his flashlight around to another set of naked people banging their heads all over the rooms. He starts screaming, dropping his gun as they all surround and pile on top of him. He screams as they continue. The officer left in the hallway starts to laugh as he continues Staying in one spot. Oh, dude. The spiral of the camera, too. So good. As he loses control of his, like, uh, firearm, he goes down and the camera yeah, just... Yeah, that camera just turns spins. slowly. Ugh. It's so, so good. good. And so chaotic. It really is. And at, at this point, were you like, okay, what the fuck is oh, going I, on? Once I saw the first girl moaning slash humping slash putting this guy's face into, like, some sludge, I was like... What the fuck? What yeah. the, perfect for this month. Perfect for this month. What the fuck are we watching? Huh? What the fuck are we what watching? What the fuck are we watching? Like, I'm lowering the volume again. <laughs> My housemates. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's not what it looks like. <laughs> it's like you're yelling in pleasure. I don't know what the fuck it is. <laughs> What's happening? What is going on? Uh, Hellraiser. It's easier to explain. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. At this point, porn would be easier to explain than yeah, this yeah. movie. <laughs> Have you seen that meme? It's like, what are you doing there? Just watching porn. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Nothing weird. Nothing weird at all. Oh, thank God. Oh, I thought boring. you were doing your taxes. Uh, <laughs> I just did my taxes. <laughs> Back with the others downstairs, they continue moving down the hallway, coming across another room um, that has candles and a uh, book on the floor. The walls covered in blood, chains, hair, eggs, and skinned animals. A poet enters the room. Uh, you know, all normal things. Uh, a poet enters the room <laughs> while Rimsey continues checking out the other rooms. Room for rent. <laughs> 
in San Francisco, that room would easily be $2,500. I mean, that's pretty nice. Yeah, That's pretty nice. Uh, I'll take it. Great square footage. <laughs> uh, back with, uh, with the others. De- oh, excuse me. I read that part already. Uh, <clears throat> coming across more candles lit in blood stains all over the wall, but the, uh, in the shape of people. Yeah. This was. In wild forms, too. Of them. Yeah. One of the uh, one of the tables blood in excuse me one of the tables have blood in a padlock on the, at the center of it so this was interesting like it, it it almost feels like there were certain layers to them coming like this looks like it was another time it could have been yeah right? maybe and like it feels like they were just descending further and further and f- further probably like each I see that yeah each stair like. Seven layers of hell. Yeah, exactly. That's what it kind of feels like. Um, Arda walks into another room, seeing the anatomy diagram of a person changing into a horned animal, who we get to see later. (laughs) Just like that, actually. (laughs) Um, And I should mention that the diagram is uh, kind of bent over as well, and it's on all fours. Right. Um, It doesn't really, like, suggest that it's a woman. However, until you... they dig deeper into the arteries or, or not the arteries, but the, uh, the, um, anatomy of it, because we see like the, the bones and things like that. <clears throat> but when it like digs into the anatomy of it, like you could see it's a uterus oh, as yeah. well. So it's uh, very quick. Yeah. Glance. Very quick, like glance of it. Um, like you could tell like, Oh, there's the fallopian tubes and whatnot. So it's really interesting though. Very interesting. Jesus Christ. Anyway, Arda walks into another room, seeing the anatomy of the diagram of a person turning into an animal. Uh, Arda tells Rimsey that they should get out of there. He continues tracing his light on the wall, coming across crude drawings of demons having sex with uh, with women while they praise them. And this is kind of what happened. <laughs> You know, kind of. The crew continues searching around the room, eventually finding bodies that are chained up. They are all wrapped in saran wrap and completely bloodied. Um, and this was fucking goddamn. What this the was fuck like, am I watching, man? Man, for real. This was like some. This is horrific. This is insane. It's like some cartel shit. That's what I was about to say. This yeah. is like some like shit that you would stumble upon the internet that this you shouldn't Sicario. be stumbling upon. Yeah, like this is this is some brutal ass looking shit right here. Um, this also reminded me a little bit of Tigers Are Not Afraid. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean that is cartel shit though. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so, so I guess that makes sense. Uh, the crew continues searching around the room, eventually finding the bodies that are chained up. They are all in saran wrap and completely bloodied. A Poe finds a bloody woman that's inside of a cage, not noticing that more of the people are hung behind him. Arda continues down another hallway that has blood stains leading him into another room. He falls into a room uh, where he finds a cow's head and bodies in sheets. He also finds a woman who is butchering and eating at someone's flesh and she has the coolest fucking name ever sister butcher <laughs> both I don't of them know are why it sounded a little french there i was like oh, 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 oh. <laughs> uh she's scary she's fucking terrifying he's in shock as he gasps and the sister butcher viciously rips flesh from a body back to with a po reaching out to the cage woman not noticing the saran wrapped man coming up behind him he has a sledgehammer and he immediately takes it 
smashing him into the head with it. I thought he was instant killed. Right I there. thought he was instant killed. As well. I was like, "Holy shit!" Like that was that hammer is that was crazy. Wild. That was fucking wild. Uh, I was so confused at this point. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Yavuz um, sees this and starts screaming and running. This causes Arda to look back in the direction of the screams, but this also causes the sister butcher's attention, and it's two of them. The One sisters. was behind, like, a tarp. And then you get to see, like, a little bit more of, like, the flesh that they were cutting into. And yeah, yeah. Like, that. like, one person was hanging with a little leg missing. And, and it just looked like they were still alive, like, shaking yeah, them. Like, what the fuck's happening? It looked like they were still alive. Yeah. They both come out screaming at them, their eyes covered with a cloth as they co- they're covered in blood. Just like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> what? Yeah. We're watching this on Tubi right now. <laughs> and right after and the butcher right scene? After this, like, right after the butcher scene, there's a fucking Applebee's commercial. <laughs> the Dollaritas are back. And then she's back. And then, <laughs> and then she's yelling like, yes, that I want was, the margaritas. That was the best. He screams and fires his gun in the air instead of at them running out of the room. And once again, this is why it reminds me of childlike uh, yeah, exactly. actions. Yeah. Because like, I mean, if you think about it, he outmatched them. Oh, for sure. Uh, he had a gun. They had they had cleavers. Yeah. Pow, pow. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, breathe, two hands, push your triggers. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's right. why I, it makes me feel like it, it, he's also the only person to fire a gun. Uh, but it makes <laughs> me feel like this just, it feels childish. Yeah. Right? Like, it feels super childish. This is why it reminds me of the descent, right? Uh, here. Yeah. So he yells for them all to run as they are being chased by the crawling individuals. They tip and fall into a hole. Yavuz not so lucky as he dr- he's dragged back inside the hallway. Rimsy demands Arda to continue running. He does so, eventually losing Rimsy behind him. <clears throat> Excuse me. He calls out to him, but he's nowhere in sight. He moves his hand on the wall, it coming across a photo on the wall. He moves the light toward it, and it's a stage transition into his childhood home. What a magnificent transition. Oh, my God. And again, what the fuck am I watching? What the fuck am I watching? (laughs) Shocked, he goes to look around, seeing his younger self moving into the hallway. Excuse me. Got to clear my throat. Uh, he uh, calls out to himself. Younger Arda looks at him, but turns around toward a hand that's reached out to him inside of his room. He runs and he runs toward his younger self, but he walks into the room with the stretched out hand. Arda comes back into the rest uh, to the restaurant, coughing, with Rimsy sitting across from him. He quickly uh, drinks water, catching his breath, thinking that he was going to pass out. Rimsy tells him that uh, tells him to be easy and that he's fine, sharing that they'll they'll leave after coffee. Arda claims that he feels weird, wanting to know where he is, admitting that admitting to feeling a. Um, excuse me, admitting to feeling and not understanding what's going on. Rimsy responds that um, that not everything is that not everything is clear, telling him mm-hmm. that tonight they are at the crossroads. And once again, like kind of what you're saying as well, that Rimsy is very aware of what's happening. Yeah. And I love he says right here, if I could go back. Um, he says, like, yeah, I feel like I'm going to pass out. And he's like, you're fine. Come on, we'll leave after the coffee. Uh, and then he says the line right here. We have a long way to go. Oh, yeah. 
I feel like he knows like there's still a lot of work to be done to get out of this. Right. Like you're only starting to realize what's happening. Exactly. Yeah. You're just barely now coming to two. Thinking that it uh, could be just them or just Arda or all of them. He's not sure. Knowing that they were summoned there tonight and the, um, there was never any backup. Arda doesn't understand. Rimsey continues that he felt it in the moment they stepped into the building, but he didn't find that to be possible. Now considering himself that he was wrong. Arda questions if he knows what's going on. Rimsey answers um, that when he was a kid, he used to see quote unquote them with his grandmother. Someone looking for the, for something so it keeps wandering. It feeling um, It feels like a haunting knowing that arda feels it too feeling it in the back of your neck knowing um that this feeling has been happening to him since he was a child he questions if he sees it arda sh- um, starts to shake flashes of b- a bloody hand appear his he closes his eyes moved back from the table <clears throat> and this was a cool scene too this was cool like i i love the, the camera work and the editing in this movie it's so clean it's just astronomically good man transition to them back inside the dungeon cloths removed from uh, from the heads by a masked woman animalistic moans and screams come from across uh, comes from across from them they all they excuse me they come to all of these people screaming and grunting around a ritual table raising their hands up at the servant who moves to the stage Rimsey looks over to at Arda with shame the servant claps his hands the tall person slams the sledgehammer on the ground um, to quiet them all down as the father slowly descends the stairs they the um the bagged people all reach out to touch him as he walks past them with his head with his hooded cloak on he walks past the cops he views taunts and questions him about doing this to officers the father turns back to face them sitting down as someone approaches him with a bowl of water he takes his hood off calmly washing his hands inside of the bowl rubbing, uh, before rubbing it to, on his bald head and this very fe- very much feels like Skeletor, right? He's very right. pale. This man. I, I don't. Yeah, it's creepy. It's, a, it's very creepy. Very, very creepy. Um, this guy was an insanely good actor, though. Oh, even I don't even know what the fuck that is. But his uh, top of his head is like throbbing. And it's like creepy too. Yeah, I just think it's the fact that they were just filming it so close. But I don't think that's. Oh no, I don't think that's special effects. I don't think the special effects dude looks at. Oh, oh, yeah. Fuck. I don't. Why? Think, I don't think that's special effects. I think that his head is actually throbbing. <laughs> like that just. Looks, I didn't like the close up of that. <laughs> yeah, it just looked a little too yeah, real. Yeah. Uh, this dude looked like a short version of Vin Diesel coming out of here. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's creepy how short he is too, and having a little step stool makes it even creepier. Oh God, it made it it's so just like, creepy. Well, he has a very like um. Unique look. Very unique look. But he also kind of looks like one of those um you know those grandpa babies. Like the babies that had like that little grandpa face. Oh yeah, like the like, like, like squinting like, yeah. looks like that. It looks like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like those masks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, ex- ex- exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's some babies that look like that, but there are some babies You're, that look you like that. You all have beautiful babies. Not all babies are he I yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I I think he has alopecia um, in real life. I'm not too sure. His name is Mehmet um, in real life, the name of the actor. Um, and I th- I believe he has alopecia, but because um, he's he's completely hairless, right? 
<clears throat> that's like one thing I feel like we should point out. He's completely hairless to the point where he doesn't even have eyelashes. Right, right, right. So no eyebrows, no eyelashes, no eyebrows, no eyelashes, nothing. That's fair. No yeah, hair yeah. on top. So I do think he, he um, has alopecia, which just leans in so much more to this character and his characteristics of his facial expressions and things like that. Because his face itself <clears throat> kind of feels like someone who's albino as well. Sure. Yeah. Um, like he has a very unique look. Perfect for this role. Absolutely perfect oh, yeah, for this he role. Killed it. He was terrifying. He was really scary. First time acting too. That's wild. Yeah. Yavuz cries out, wanting to know um, who he is, demanding him to speak as he questions if his um, if he has a tongue. The father gets up and approaches him, his face coming into the light. He stares at him before laughing for a moment and stopping to move back into the middle of the floor. He looks at all of them uh, with a smile on his face, happy for them to join them tonight, suggesting that they're there to welcome them the best way they possibly can. Arta struggles in his restraints as the father continues that... Um, continues that on a night like this the doors open and the realms unite there's um they're in this chamber together he looks around for a moment and then says quote hell is not a place you go you carry hell with you at all times you carry it inside end quote he continues his monologue that they are humble um companions on his on this path uh that was chosen by fate while the stones fall into place they can only be shepherds for you quote and tonight if fate put you first among the creatures that we are going to herd, there's nothing else we can do but guide you, end quote. The father approaches a Poe, looking over at Rimsey before getting closer to, the, to inspect him. The, the audience of demented souls are, are all groan and reach out as the father opens a Poe's button shirt. He, he rubs his hand on a Poe's stomach, pushing his finger inside of a weak point where stitches are. Oh, fucking hell. Blood shoots out from a Poe's mouth. They all start screaming for a Poe and the father as he tastes the blood. He goes back to jam his finger into a Poe's stitched stomach, breaking the stitches by sliding his finger across like a fucking zipper. All of them shout for him to stop it while calling him a son of a bitch. A Poe's stomach is open as the father slowly pulls out his intestines. The servant releases his chains, causing him to fall to the ground. The minor servants drag his body around the corner. Yavuz cries out, what have you done? The father smiles that you die as you sleep, you resurrect as you wake up, not wanting them to fear. He rolls up the intestines before throwing them to the ground. The servant rolls the rolls some uh, bones on the table. The father takes, out, takes off his cloak, exposing um, his padlock chain as he approaches Yavuz. Yavuz is breathing heavily as he awaits the father. He places a stool down and goes up to Yavuz's face, asking him what his name is while calling him son. Mm. I love that he kind of kept that facade up that like, I am your father. I own you pretty much. <laughs> um, he responds that they are, uh, they are the goddamn law. This causes the father to chuckle, looking over the servant um, before asking him if he believes that the law is here. Asking him for his name yet again. Javuz says his name, shouting it the second time before sobbing. The father recognizes him as a tough man, <sighs> understanding that he's scared, but he looks tough. Commenting that the human soul is corrupt, only worshipping power. 
It continuing to search for new things to worship because, because it has boundaries, drawn by its masters. Yavuz questions who he is. The father opens his hand as the servant places the knife in his palm. Yavuz calls him insane as the father exposes the blade. He cries out to Rimsey. He demands him to close his eyes. He cries out to Rimsey again. The father grabs him by the face, whispering a list of questions. Quote, are you ready to stop worshiping power and unite with us? Are you ready to be one with the cosmos? Are you ready to give up your worldly eyes and open your eyes to what's beyond? Open your heart to me, son. Open your mind to me. End quote. Damn. Dude. All of this dialogue is bone chilling. It truly is. It's so scary. And the thing that also makes this really scarier is his voice. Yeah. His voice is incredibly calm calm and sadistic. Yeah, and sadistic, yeah. But like it's this very This does feel like hell. Too. It does. It does. This literally it represents hell so fucking well where I'm like, this is literally nightmare fuel. Yeah. All of this. Like hell is like the, the way, way they I talk about it, mind. the way they see it. This is this, this is, is it. it. Like it's they crazy. nailed it. They did such a great job. I mean, he does you said this is his first time acting. Fuck. I wouldn't have believed it if I didn't read it. Yeah, that's incredible. So yeah, this was his his debut, and he's not he's like not trained. He's never wanted to act. I think Khan just like found him was just like, "Yo, I'm making this movie. You want to be a part <laughs> of it? Like, you would be fucking perfect yeah. for this role." So, and and he was he was casting perfectly. I really, 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 really want to see him in more stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because goddamn, this dude got it. This dude got Ooh. it. Yavuz tightly shuts his eyes, sobbing that he can't, pleading for him not to. The father drops his head to pray before kissing the blade and placing it, placing it on his tattooed keyhole on his forehead. He, uh, once, he once again tells Yavuz to open his mind up to him. Yavuz pleads for him not, not to as the blade inches closer to his eye, kissing the bridge of his nose. The father calls out to him. Uh, he opens his eyes. He jams the blade into his eyes causing Yavuz to scream in pain. And the way he does this is like repeatedly. Yeah. Like he, he doesn't just do it once. He like is jamming he, it. It's, it's crazy because he's all like, oh, what's your name? Can you tell me your name? Cool. Oh, Yavuz. Cool, 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 cool. And he uses uh, it against yeah, him. Like, oh how God. dare you? You made him open his eyes and you went in for it. And the you way wanted, he, yeah, like you said, so he's good. very calm. So the way he even says his name, he doesn't yell. He's like, Yavuz. And then just... <laughs> Directly like, in the thank eye. Thank you. It's like when you trick a baby to fucking take their medicine. Pretty much. And I was like, damn, you got him. He got him. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Repeatedly jamming them into his eyes, licking the blood off the blade before telling Yavuz to yeah. open the eyes of his heart. He sticks his tongue inside um, inside his keyhole. <laughs> uh, or excuse me, not his keyhole, his eye hole, uh, which was interesting. Because like, Jesus Christ. And the servant is fucking loving this shit. He's like, oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Get it, master. Everyone but like, is. Everyone is so, loving this ugh. because it's like everyone is getting this kind of sense of ecstasy. They're putting their fingers in their mouths and it's, it's wild. It is absolutely wild. But he kisses his forehead and then he like licks. Like he doesn't even lick his, his eye. He sticks his tongue literally in his eye. Inside his eye socket. Yeah. God damn. Jesus Christ. Ew. It is so gross. It's very gross. So, yeah, this other oh. gross person who's like, 
someone else's fingers in their mouth, but yeah. it has like mud in her mouth and like blood, and I don't know. And like it's it's on. like the a rope is tied around her mouth as well. Yeah. It's very interesting. Oh man. They place the cloth over his his head to cover his eyes. The father kisses his head, telling him to not let him down. Looking over the, uh, the servant, ready for them to begin. Arda and Rimsey are still chained up as they open the door to a dark room, pulling something that's chained inside of the room out. They all anticipate um, what waits uh, what awaits them inside the darkness. The chains still slithering out. A chained woman with an animal skull with horns comes crawling out of the doorway. The servant places her in the middle of the room, bringing Yavuz behind her and undoing his pants the father pats him pats his shoulder wanting him to show show that he's the right passenger the servant places an erecting stimulant by their nose he begs for them to not do this as the servant forces him to have sex with the woman jesus christ it's so he, terrifying this is scary all of this is yeah it's just straight from hell yeah and Nah, that's why they take their time with everything too. Yes, I think that's the scary part too. They're so calm and they're not having it rushed or like, oh. And this is just like the first victim. I was like, oh my god, whoever's next is gonna go through a whole thing. Technically, the second. Well, yeah, 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 but I was just saying like, yeah, first one to like do something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's just scary. Where I'm just like, this is gonna be a long process. Oh yeah, yeah. He cries as they continue to thrust him, the father repeating for him to open his eyes and, and uh, excuse me, open the eyes of his heart. They finally stop forcing him to thrust as he starts doing it on his own. He stops, dropping to his knees as he cries. The father comes around him, grabbing him by the head. Um, Yavuz gets startled as, uh, as he knows that he's not opening his heart, instructing him that it should be wide open or it won't work. Yavuz starts convulsing before falling to the ground. They all watch as a spider exits his mouth. Rimsey screams as, at, at, um, excuse me, Rimsey screams at this as the servant goes to retrieve the spider and places it inside of a box. The rest of the minions all groan and reach out to the father. He goes up to allow his children to touch him for a moment before going back to see who's next. Um, looking at Arda, considering that he'll have the next honor, Rimsey demands him to look at him, calling out that he's just a kid. The father steps on his stool and prays uh, as he places his head on Arda's. Um, he is, he's handed the knife, licking the previous blood off the blade, taking some of the blood and putting in, uh, putting it on his finger, placing it on Arda's forehead. He go, he gets down moving over to Rimsey next. Rimsey, what, ready to accept his fate, telling him to come on. The father, um, thought it was just him, but he understands that he's two passengers there. Thanking him for taking care of Arda. And now he's ready to understand himself, being able to see it too. Jeez Louise. He moves um he moves Ramsey's head up. Then he starts to saw at his neck with the knife. Not just a clean slice of right. the throat. He is literally it's like a going in knife. and out and like sawing at this man's neck. Oh god damn, dude. I hate these commercials. <laughs> Stupid commercials. It like, uh, cuts off at the weirdest times. It does. It really does. This movie definitely was not made for commercials, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, he goes, uh, artist screams for, for him as the father bathes in Rimsey's blood. He goes back over to Arta, grabbing him by the head. Um, 
the woman moves over a pillar as the servant places a pan under her underneath her feet. Uh, she stands in to give birth to something inhuman. The servant takes it, wraps it, wraps something around it, before taking it upstairs. The father lets go of Arda, or excuse me, the father lets go. Um, oh, I said that right. Uh, the father lets go of Arda, and he opens his eyes back to the restaurant. He uh, looks around for a moment, not understanding before rubbing his temple. Blood from Ramsey spills out to the floor. He notices him jolting in pain, running over to him. He assures Ramsey that backup is on the way, crying for him to hang in there. Blood pulls from his neck as he says, quote, whoever dies first shall appear to the other without scaring him, end quote. So what if Ramsey was also Kaskun? And Rimsey's just, Rimsey is well, trying to help even, him throughout there's, this. There's some weird symbolism with her. Essentially, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking where it's like, all right, kind of with your theory and stuff like that. Maybe is, is he a product of a rape? Maybe. Mm, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. It's interesting. But the birthing scene is very weird. And I'm sure there's some type of symbolism to it. Yeah, I'm sure it is, or maybe some type of folklore or something. Yeah, maybe that's tied that's to true. It, that we're just not understanding culturally. It's just but creepy and scary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wanting him to remember, Arta cries uh, for him to not do this. <clears throat> but Rimsey made a promise to his uncle that if he were uh, to get harmed, he'll hold Rimsey responsible in the afterlife. He continues choking as the father moves the beads out of the way um, to come into the room. Arda looks back at Rimsey, commenting that he's there. Rimsey doesn't. Uh, <clears throat> Rimsey doesn't want him to be afraid, claiming that he ha- he excuse me, claiming that he has only one key in this life, and it is this now. It is his now. Arda stops crying for a moment when he realizes that something is sticking out of Rimsey's neck. It is a key. He slowly pulls it out from his neck. The father calls out to him, telling him that everything ends, but everything starts anew. Mm. Arda, Arda jams the key into his forehead of the fa- into the uh, head of the fo- of the father, screaming at him. The father transports um, back into the dungeon, gasping before falling to the ground. Arda gets out of the cha- out of his chain going on top of him with the stool in hand. He proceeds to bludgeon the shit out of him, (laughs) blood splattering all over the fucking place, including inside of his mouth. He does this until he became becomes exhausted, tossing the stool and wiping the blood off his face, massaging it into his skin before ripping his shirt open and screaming, which is inaudible so so this wild-ass soundtrack can play. The minions (laughs) move out of his way, but they all reach out defensively toward him as he walks past them, climbing up the spiral staircase. Arda opens the door from his childhood room, stumbling out of the old station, laughing maniacally as as he stumbles outside, slapping the ground victoriously um he looks back before starting to run through the woods again stopping to cough for a moment and then makes it out to the road running down the road not looking back he notices the cop van coming towards him closing his eyes and then realizing that is the same van that he was inside of the van crashes into the water after striking him also confirming that he's stuck in this hellish loop then credits this movie fucking rolls, dude. It really does. They actually did a really good job with the transition between him being in front of the van, and they actually do a quick cut to what we saw prior with the dummy. Right. 
Uh, it's actually pretty spot on now that I'm watching now it watching very it. slowly. Oh, yeah. That's perfect. Because that's exactly the same clip we saw earlier. Exactly. Literally. Yep. Yep. That was good. That was good. Pretty fucking awesome. This movie rules. This movie rules. I love this movie, dude. Fuck? What oh the fuck are we were watching? What the a fuck? A good are we movie. That's what the indeed. fuck we're watching. This definitely was my favorite out of the this month so far. Obviously, we only covered one other film, but like, <laughs> so far this was winning. So far, so good. Um, what the heck? But I mean, God, this movie rules. Holy shit! Yeah, this also reminded me. Oh, what's the spaceship one? That's really fucked up. Event Horizon. And Event Horizon also reminded me of that too. That's fair. Yeah, That's super fair. I got some motherfucking movie facts. Some motherfucking movie facts. <gasps> Mamet Sarah Hoglu, who plays the role of the father, has an extremely rare skin condition that made his physical appearance very unique and instrumental to the look of the father. Director can um, can Evrenal um, had been looking for actors with na- rare natural appearances for the role of the father, mm. and once he was shown a photograph of Mamet by his casting director, um, Evrenal immediately knew he found his father and instantly casted him just from a photo he's like yep he's in he's the one director can claims that Mehmed contributed to many of the artistic decisions for the film set and for his character of the father this is in spite of him not having a background in art or acting that's crazy oh man that's crazy you're talented that is crazy in an interview with Fangoria, director, uh, the director, Can uh, stated that the main inspirations for the father's cult were from the films The Descent, Quest for Fire, and go. Frontiers. He also cited Nicholas Winding... Uh, how do you say his last name? Winding? Nicholas uh, Winding Refn. Refn. Um, uh, Refn's film, Only God Forgives, as a major influence because of its more stylistic, colorful, and dreamy quality to it. Hell yeah. Oh, this is a going right here. The production crew didn't always have permits needed to shoot the scenes for the film. This added another level of stress to the overall production because they were worried that the authorities would discover them filming in some pretty strange locations. They also filmed some of the nude scenes in some of the most conservative sections of town, and they were cons- <laughs> they were constantly stressed about being discovered. That's amazing. Um, Shout out indie filmmaking. Fuck yeah. Take those risks. Uh, this was the first full-length film from director Ken Irvinall. Killed it. Absolutely. Like I said, I cannot wait to see what he does next. Yeah. yeah. I really cannot wait it's to wild. see what he does next. That's a filmmaker. He's uh, great. Oh, absolutely. Um, oh, this makes sense. Uh, <laughs> the character of the father is modeled after the character Colonel Kurtz uh, from Apocalypse Now. Oh. That makes sense. Yeah, that, that's cool. Uh... This was shot in 28 nights. God damn. 28 nights later. 28 nights later. Uh, director Ken Urbanall had uh, Mehmet watch the films Nightmare on Elm Street, Hellraiser, Apocalypse Now, and The Descent to help him with developing the character of Father. Solid list. Yeah. All right. Last last one here. Um the torture and death of each policeman reflects a sin they described while eating together in the restaurant earlier in the film, including lust, rage, and gluttony. Gluttony. Yeah. So, I assume gluttony was a Poe? With the stomach. With the stomach. Yeah. Um, lust slash rage might have been for uh, Yavuz, maybe? I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to tell. Mm, like, I, I can, can see rage. I can more. see rage. 
Um, who's Lust then? Because like he's he's the only person who actually like like Fuck, was I don't forced know. to have sex. Like he was, I mean, he was raped, but like you know, yeah, I don't know, hard to tell. Anyway, definitely want to keep this conversation going, and you can keep this conversation going over on our Discord, which is inside of our show notes. If you want to go ahead and join there to keep the conversation going there, or you can just hit us up on Twitter um, at Nightlight underscore Pod. Totally is um, also being able to hit us up there as well. But we definitely want to keep this conversation going because this movie is fucking wild, dude. It's so good. Uh, but the next film we're going to cover is also a wild one. The Human Centipede. Whew. Uh, okay. <laughs> yep. Freddy's first time revisiting this one in years. Since it came out. Don't even remember it. So it's going to be like a first time watch. I don't remember much of it either. I've only I seen just it know once as well. Cuttlefish. Cuttlefish. Fish, something, something like that. Something like that. I don't know. I don't know. They eat fish and shit in each other's mouths. I don't. That's know. that's what I remember as well. That's, that's um, all I know. I remember the ending too. I don't remember the ending. I remember the ending, and I remember. So I don't know if they survive or not. Oh, yeah. No, so, no spoilers. No spoilers. But that's all I remember from that movie. I also remember it being kind of funny. <laughs> as well, it's well. a ridiculous concept. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's probably going to be more disgusting than yeah. anything. But. Well, anyway, our community manager is going to join us on that episode, so I'm very excited there to go. have her on that episode as well, um, which she re- very much requested being on that episode. <laughs> she really wants to be there. She's a medical student, so I mean, it's it's we'll get a lot fun. of insight. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of insight, hopefully. <laughs> Is anyway, this possible? <laughs> this was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Night. Alongside me, we had Freddie. Always keeping it spoopy. Always and forever. Also known as Nighty Night. With your help, we can reach out to more Ghoulish Nights with your recommendation as someone who would actually enjoy the show. If your podcast app allows you to rate our show, consider giving us a five-star rating as it honestly does help us out a ton. For extra horror-related content, head over to patreon.com slash nightlightpod. That's night with a one. Okay. And remember, everybody. Don't forget, 